Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for being with us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. You know, events are the secret sauce that helps make Napa Valley thrive. One of those events that brings us visitors, brings us music, and enhances the Napa Valley lifestyle is Live in the Vineyards. Today, I'm joined by the two founders of Live in the Vineyards, Claire Parr and Bobby Jacobs, and it is my pleasure to welcome them here to Napa Broadcasting for the first time. Claire, Bobby, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you both here. Claire, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about how Live in the Vineyards got started. Well, I'm actually going to throw it to Bobby because I believe she was the first germ in this concept, and then she got me roped into it, so I think it's good for her to actually answer that one. Bobby? So what happened a few, like nine years ago, my husband and I uh, had this amazing experience that we did on an auction package to go to Chalk Hill um, for a beautiful luncheon with their chef at the time, DDA, and a master sommelier. And at that time, there was only, like, I think 20 in the world. And we did this absolutely magical luncheon experience. And after it was all over, I called Claire and I said, I just did this fantastic culinary wine piece. And it would have been completely 100% a slam dunk and perfect if there would have been music. And so I said, let's do an event in Napa uh, based on our musical backgrounds, uh, promoting artists. Let's do an event with music, food, and wine, because I think it would be great. And Claire said, that's fantastic. Let's let's go for it. And so we were working the record, uh, the Jason Mraz track, um, I'm Yours at the time. And it was, you know, we were working the project and we thought that that would be a great artist to put um, in this concept of music, food, and wine. And so we called the record label and called the manager. And we said that we have this crazy idea to do an event in Napa. And they said, absolutely. What are we doing? And we said, well, we really don't know. But and we've been a part of uh, Jason's career for a very long time. And they said, sure. And so we actually uh, launched the first event in July 20th, uh, on July 20th of 2008 not thinking that we would ever do anything other than one event. And then after the event was over, um, things started snowballing, and we now have done over nine years, 18 events. And Claire, talk a little bit about what that first event was like. Well, it was a (laughs) bit of a fire drill. Um, We looked for a space that was big enough to have several hundred people, which is always a challenge in Napa because Napa is, you know, intimate, and we needed a place where the artist would sound good, where we could have winemakers come and represent their wines. So we were very lucky to work with a team at the Silverado Resort, and we had access to their ballroom. We also had access to the patio that enabled us to create a little wine tasting. And then Dave Miner of Miner Family Vineyard loved music, was a friend of a friend, and let us put on a show in his cave that was very small. I think it was only 50 or 60 people. And it gave, uh, he got very happy and excited because he loved music. And we uh, loved the cave. We loved, you know, we were completely working without a net. You know, we just didn't even know 
what we were doing in terms of this. You know, Bobby and I have both been in the music industry for many years. So we've set up a lot of events and promotions and artist activities in the course of our lifetime. But coming to Napa, we knew very well because we both have visited and been there many times. We understood that it was a very precious and cool community and that we needed to start quietly and respectfully and see how the community accepted us or reacted. And it was great. I mean, we had so many wonderful people take an interest in it because they loved music and they really helped us, you know, get the plane off the ground, so to speak. Bobby, talk a little bit about some of the problems that, that you might have run into initially in, in terms of Napa, in terms of getting the whole thing off the ground. Well, really, uh, Claire and I, it was just the two of us, and it was literally an idea that came to fruition with only um, uh, 16 radio stations from the West Coast with um, a couple sprinkled in, you know, East Coast. And we booked, you know, the travel. We booked their hotel rooms. We arranged ground transportation and then, um, you know, created these little laminates. And then we were like, oh, no, the day of the show. Oh, my God, we need a photographer. We didn't think of that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the artist all got there. And, and Claire, is an, um, her background is an engineer, a sound engineer. So she definitely had that down, which was great because that would have been really bad and a complete catastrophe if it would have <laughs> been my world falling into. But then all of a sudden we looked at each other and we said, oh, well, we need to get up on stage and talk to and, and really introduce the artists and introduce who we are. And we got up on stage. And what was really interesting is at that time, you know, in the world, it was a very dark, uh, everyone was in a very dark place. The economy was really not great at all. And we got up on stage and being moms and being women and entrepreneurs, we just sat there and talked about you know, life and passion and why we're doing, you know, who we are and why we do what we do. And everyone um, really connected with that. And they started reacting and asking questions when we're on the stage. And then when the artist got on stage and the artist started talking and then everything was just very, very organic. And what we thought was a problem, you know, in the sense of, wow, what do we do? What do we say? It ended up being the best thing that could have possibly happened because of our, of who we are as people and our personalities. Um, I would say the biggest challenge was just, you know, Napa Valley nine years ago wasn't Napa Valley now, you know, today, in right. today's world. And it's so, you know, big and there's so many wineries and there's so many places to go and there's so many beautiful, you know, caves and vineyards and restaurants and chefs and everything that um, to sort through all that, even nine years later, you know, we're barely even scratching the surface and, you know, because we are very tenacious and we, you know, we really believe in what we do. Um, and we kept, we really just kept working very, very, very hard to meet people and to really honestly follow through on what we are going to say we're going to do because a lot of people in life are fly by nights and, you know, they, they go in and they talk a good game and then you never hear from them again. And that's something that Claire and I, you know, really, really pride ourselves in 
is the follow through and really, um, you know, connecting the dots. But you mentioned radio stations before. Tell us a little bit about how the radio stations are part of this, how the promotion works, how the people are gathered. Claire, start with you. Um, this event was really and truly designed around radio because we were promoting music and because we're always looking for an experience that we would like to have. So one of the things that we struggle with in our industry is that a lot of the opportunities for people to fly out and have these special moments with artists really don't follow through. You know, people get tickets and they get to New York City and they're in the rafters watching Coldplay from, you know, they need two pairs of binoculars. <laughs> and then, and I won't pick on Coldplay because they're one of my favorite bands. But I'm just... <laughs> um, I think that, you know, the experience wasn't the focus. The winning of it, the oh, you won something was a focus, but then the delivery of a great event was not really as important. And I think for both of us as people who oversaw or orchestrated or helped with those, you know, both of us would look at each other regularly over the years and go, I wouldn't want to win that. Would you? You know, I wouldn't want to go stay in a hotel in Times Square that you can't even open your suitcase in. <laughs> and, you know, it was just, it was very much driven out of radio. And one of the reasons is that radio is crucial to breaking and supporting artists. So from our standpoint, that's the lifeblood of how these artists get exposed to a lot of people. And the other side of that was we really... As we went through the first several events, I think we really, really understood how emotionally powerful it was for these contest winners to be able to be flown to Napa, be treated like kings and queens, be given an experience of a lifetime. And we started getting letters from people. You know, this is changing my life. It's made me braver. Now I want to travel. My husband and I reunited. I really had a great weekend for the first time in years. I mean, things we never anticipated. And for us, as we grew each time, we really tried to understand how can radio help us bring people to the valley who did not know how amazing it is, did not understand that it's full of farmers and beautiful, amazing winemakers and chefs and that all of those people are welcoming and gracious and there's a level of hospitality in the valley that simply exists nowhere else in this country there's an attention to detail there's a genuine desire to present their products with integrity irregardless of whether they make more money or not and that in turn sort of fueled us in our business we watched our friends making sacrifices and doing things for the quality of their tastings or their marketing events. And, and we really, as Bobby was saying, you know, we didn't want to not follow through. And one of the key things for us as small business people is we all need to market our businesses. And we feel that it's better when you do that in cooperative stands with other great businesses. You know, you're always stronger together than you are alone. And so the wineries and the radio stations really, I think, both benefited 
from the level of quality of these interactions and artists and the way that they were treated. And we found out that they started selling a lot of wine and they started to have repeat customers. And the restaurant started to be booked out during our event because people would come back and want to go to a wonderful place that was emotional to them. So we really were able to work with our partners in Napa to strategize on how to market their businesses, to be on the ground with them all year long, um, hopefully sending people to them, hopefully helping them with things they needed across the country. And it sort of became a, a very cool collective concept. And the radio guys can tell it in every state, you know? Bobby, tell us a little bit about artist participation and the willingness of artists to, to come to Napa Valley. Well, who wouldn't want to come to Napa Valley? <laughs> it's exactly. amazing. Um, well, you know, a lot of these artists are, they all talk to each other and they're all, you know, they all bump into each other on the road or on promo tours. And, you know, Claire and I focus on hot AC radio, which is more of a singer-songwriter um, type of genre of music, which definitely lends itself to you know, to this whole concept of the acoustic, you know, setting, um, telling the story and really communicating, you know, with the crowd and the audience. Um, but the artists absolutely love it. Um, they love, it's magical. It's so magical where they, they come in and they have this idea of what it is and then they realize what it is and they realize all the people that are in the audience. They, they see the, the winners that are so passionate and then the sponsors, the radio um, programmers, the music supervisors, all the people that really, really lend a hand to their career. And because of the beauty and because of the vibe, you know, and really because Claire and I really strategically try to put people in the sexiest, greatest environments ever with the best sound um, whether it's no sound at all in a cave or whether it's a killer, killer sound system, you know, they just want to deliver, uh, you know, based on just the whole aesthetics of the environment. And we're their biggest fans, to be honest. I think we geek out over them harder than totally the audience members do. And tell us, uh, Claire, a little bit about Yountville Live and how that's emerged from Live in the Vineyards. Ah, the child of Live in the Vineyards. <laughs> Um, it's, the, the, it's the newborn. <laughs> it's beautiful, newborn, amazing child. Um, three years ago, the Chamber of Commerce in Yachtville asked us, because they enjoyed Live in the Vineyard, they asked us to partner with them in creating a larger event around what was a very successful one-day event called the Taste of Yachtville, which has been around for 20 years and has been lovely and honors those vendors and restaurants and gardeners and all those people. So they came to us and said, could you and your team envision a way to sort of wrap your ideas and musicians and concepts and connections around this beloved event and create a four-day experience instead of a one-day experience? And we were frankly flattered, but we were also very excited because we had already reached a point where many people were saying, we want so badly to come to Live in the Vineyard, but because you can't buy tickets, we don't know whether we can win it. We worked very hard, um, but we want to have that experience. So timing-wise, it was great because it offered us 
the chance to work with Yachtville as a community and really strategize on how to highlight the culinary dominance of all these phenomenal chefs in a very small space. And it also allowed us to bring music and small group experiences that were more intimate and more about each of the chefs and restaurants and winemakers really presenting their product in the forums across those four days that they believed were going to be the most authentic and real for people coming in to visit that community. And we wound up running the first one uh, with the chamber, and the chamber ran Taste of Yonville, and we ran Yonville Live as a wraparound, and Volvo and Sunset were our first sponsors. And uh, then we moved to year two, which was last year, and many people who were in that area around March saw a massive circus tent built on um, Washington, and it's right next to, it's the empty lot between the Ranch Market and Priest Ranch Winery. And uh, the guys at Jessup and Handwritten, uh, Joel Quigley and, yeah, I mean, his whole camp were the first people to help us. So they helped us again. That will be the future home of Handwritten. However, they allowed us to have access to that space and Steve Rogers and the city worked with us to enable us to build a very, very, very complicated tent. It had permanent flooring. It had a massive kitchen in the back and we produced a 380 plate dinner, four course dinner with celebrity Yachtville chefs and visiting chefs. And then the Goo Goo Dolls played acoustically right after that. So that sort of worked very well. Um, we did a brunch, a bubbles brunch, which worked great. We also had what Bobby and I came up with this concept of what we called the eight at eight. And it was designed to sh- showcase and highlight the restaurant in Yonville and the chefs. So we went to the restaurants and asked them if they would be willing to cooperate with a small group, 20 to 30 people, and if they would allow us to work with them on the winemakers or partner with their choice. And then we provided music. And they were very successful. So you're going to see that expand. Um, tickets go on sale tonight. So your questions are great. Um, there are pre-sale tickets that will offer VIP meet and greets and extra access and parking and spaces and experiences, but we also are expanding the Taste of Yachtville component, and it will be folded into Yachtville Live even more. So the tasting tents on Saturday and Sunday will become the Taste of Yachtville tents. But instead of each restaurant having something, all of the restaurants are going to come together, all of the vintners. We're going to have a grand crew tent that will serve some of the enormously exclusive high-end wineries and cult wineries that don't have the quantity to be able to pour for a massive amount of people. We're also working with people like Peter Jacobson and his secret garden. We're working with Chris Kohler and his chocolate uh, facility who's going to teach people how to make chocolate. 
Um, we're working with uh, Art at Bottega is going to teach people how to make uh, pasta. And so all these different people, their vineyard tours, winery tours, chef hands-on experiences, gardening, musicians. It's really a breakdown of all the things we love, and it allows smaller groups to come in based on what they like and choose those. And then we have multiple big concerts that will move through those spaces. We have Five for Fighting at Bricks at our VIP welcome reception. We have Rodrigo and Gabriella performing after the gala, who they are phenomenal. Um, and then we have a yet-to-be-announced, ridiculously amazing uh, group that will be playing at the Bubbles Brunch. So, And we'll also have guest chefs. You know, we'll be bringing in Graham Elliott and Dean Faring and Gail Gans. And, you know, we have a ramen maker coming from Milan, Italy. So what we want to do is actually partner those people with Yontville so that the message of Napa's culinary strength remains the center. But we also offer, you know, ideas and opportunities for the chefs to collaborate in much the same way we do for musicians. And Bobby, let me give you the last word. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you and Claire have talked about, perhaps, that you want to do in the future, some of the things that might be down the road for Live in the Vineyards or or some of its children and its offspring. (laughs) Nice. We like to have lots of children. Um, As far as, wow, that's a a really, really good question. I think that, you know... You want to talk about the charities, Bobby? Because I think... Yeah, I was just going to... Yeah. yeah, I was gonna I was gonna touch on that. One thing that's definitely a passion point for Claire and I is already always being um, charitably um, oriented, and you know we have been involved with um, the City of Hope. Um, we've been involved with Kids Kids locally. We've been involved with the Napa Parks and Rec Department. Um, we've been involved with. Um, the Do It For The Love Foundation, um, and then also we were very heavily involved with the Napa Earthquake Relief Fund. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, really, I think um, right now, one thing that we're, that's definitely top of mind is we're going to be opening up a live charity uh, piece, I believe, next week where we're going to have Penelope is um, painting some really beautiful um, paintings um, that are in, that are hearts. Um, and we are going to be auctioning those off with autographs from the artists that are going, that are live in the vineyard artists, as well as um, a Yountville live package, as well as an autographed live in the vineyard guitar to raise money from this last event for the do it for the love foundation, as well as the Napa parks and rec department. And then as far as the future, you know, I really, um, for me, you know, veterans is always, you know, very, very um, near and dear to my heart because of my father. And we are going to be working with the pathway home uh, for the up and coming Yountville live event next, next year. Bobby Jacobs. Claire Parr, live in the vineyards. I thank you both for spending time with us today. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Wine Food Talk. NapaBroadcasting.com.